Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Should Passover mean anything to Christians? And how does COVID-19 connect to it? Well, welcome to Keeping It Israel. My name is Jeff, and as you may know, I normally have a guest on the show to interview, but today I'm just going to speak from my heart for a few minutes about Passover. Passover is coming up on the calendar in a few days, and so I thought we could talk today about this feast as it relates to Christians, and then also how that COVID-19 and the pandemic may also be significant as we think about Passover. Every year, Passover and Easter occur very close together on the calendar. Sometimes they even coincide on the very same weekend. And yet they are celebrated as two very different, yet very significant religious holidays. In short, Passover is a Jewish feast that recalls the plagues God sent to Egypt and the miracles God performed on Israel's behalf, all of which led to their exodus from Egypt and the land of Goshen and their return to the promised land. While Easter, on the other hand, is a Christian holiday commemorating the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, at first glance, these two seem to be completely different celebrations. But remember that according to the Bible, Jesus' last pilgrimage to Jerusalem, which Christians today celebrate as Palm Sunday, it was, in fact, to celebrate the Feast of Passover with his disciples. It's incredible, you know, how many Christians I encounter these days who seem shocked when I remind them that Jesus was and is Jewish. And Passover played a significant role in helping these first Jewish believers understand and fully appreciate who Jesus was. In fact, did you know that Passover, not Easter, was what was celebrated by the first Christians? Maybe you didn't know that. Yes, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, which happened during Passover, subsequent Passover celebrations simply took on a whole new meaning for the first followers of Jesus, all of whom, with few exceptions, were Jewish. Jesus' earliest followers simply continued to observe Passover, but now with a new significance and a deeper understanding. And get this, it wasn't until 300 years after the death of Jesus that Easter, which was based on an ancient pagan celebration of the fertility goddess, it was a, a spring festival, Easter became the new and very un-Jewish celebration of Jesus' death and resurrection. Now, my intentions today are not to delve into how Christianity, which was originally completely Jewish, uh, parted ways with Judaism and, and all that that entails. Uh, but that might be an interesting topic for another podcast another day. Today, though, I, I simply want to explore the enormous significance that Passover held for the first Christians and how that the events celebrated during Easter, that is Jesus' death and resurrection, are inextricably linked to this important feast. So first, I want to point out that according to the Bible, Passover is not just a, a Jewish feast, 
but it is the Lord's feast, the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 14, God commands Israel to keep Passover as a feast to the Lord. And so Passover is basically a, a party that was completely God's idea. And it is a beautiful celebration that commemorates the time when God rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt and ultimately brought them to the promised land. Think of the movie, uh, The Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt. The Bible story goes like this. God spoke to Moses and told him to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, here's what God's saying. He's saying, let my people go. But Pharaoh wouldn't do it. He said they could go, and then he changed his mind. So God sent various plagues on Egypt. And again, momentarily, Pharaoh would relent, but then his heart would harden, and he would refuse to let Israel go. And after nine plagues like this sent by God against the Egyptian people, Pharaoh's heart was still hardened, and he would not let the Israelites leave Egypt. And so God sent a tenth plague. It was to be the, the death of all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. But before he sent this final plague, he told the Israelites to prepare a special meal, and he gave them very significant instructions. We find these instructions in Exodus chapter 12. Each clan of Israel was to pick an unblemished lamb and slaughter it, kill it. Then they were to dip a bunch of hyssop in the blood and paint it on the doorposts and lintels of their homes. Everyone was to stay, get this, in lockdown in their home until morning. And during the night, the angel of death would come by, would pass over Egypt, and those houses with blood on the doorposts and lintels wouldn't experience the plague. Pesach, which is the Hebrew word for Passover, literally means to pass over, just as the angel of death passed over the houses of those who applied the blood to their doors. It's interesting to note here that if you took a paintbrush and painted blood on your doorposts and lintel, you would be making the Hebrew letter chet. The Hebrew letter chet means life, and, and you can hear the chet in the Jewish toast, lahaim, which means to life. Now, the Bible tells us the 10th plague did it for Pharaoh. After every firstborn died in Egypt that night, other than those with blood on their doors, Pharaoh let Israel go to the promised land. And year after year, for centuries after their return, the children of Israel have kept Passover as God commanded, remembering their deliverance from death and their deliverance from slavery. In Leviticus 23, God declares it as an appointed festival that begins with a week where only unleavened bread is allowed in the house. This unleavened bread reminds Israel of how they couldn't wait for the bread to rise, but had to escape Egypt in haste. It's important to note that in Leviticus 23, the Hebrew word for appointed festivals is moed. And the root of moed is ya'ad, a word which means to appoint, to assign, to promise, witness, and even to predict. This means that God's feasts have deep, much more than surface level significance. They are prophetic. They occur at an appointed time each year, and they each point to or are a prediction of something with great spiritual significance. 
I've heard some theologians describe the Feast of the Lord as dress rehearsals for something to come. And so really, the Feast of Unleavened Bread and Passover are together an eight-day-long divinely appointed celebration that is deeply significant or prophetic. Now, fast forward to the time of Jesus. In Luke chapter 22, we have a window into Jesus celebrating Passover together with his disciples as they had likely done every year according to God's command. In this chapter, Jesus tells Peter and John to go and to make preparations for the Passover. But this Passover was going to be different. This would be Jesus' last Passover before his death. It may come as a surprise to you to know that, uh, yes, Leonardo da Vinci's painting entitled The Last Supper is in reality depicting a Jewish Seder or a Jewish Passover meal. Luke 22 tells us this verbatim. As Jesus is reclining at the feast, he says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. The Bible tells us that Jesus then took the cup and he explained that it represented his blood poured out. He took bread then, broke it, and explained that it represented his body, which would be broken. And I want to just highlight the fact that when Jesus drank from the cup and broke bread with his disciples, what he was doing was really observing traditions embedded in Passover. Lifting cups of wine at various times during the Passover meal had always been an important part of the feast, but in these verses, Jesus reveals that all along, the Passover had been foreshadowing his death. The blood of the lamb that was painted on the doorposts and lintels, that blood symbolized his blood. He was the ultimate sacrificial lamb that would offer life to the entire world. You know, it's very important to note here that according to the Bible, there's a very strong sense that Jesus was destined to die, and that he knew his destiny. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist declared him the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in the book of Revelation, John sees Jesus as the Lamb who was slain from before the foundations of the world were even laid. According to the Bible, the events leading up to and surrounding the crucifixion did not take Jesus by surprise. That is because in the spiritual realm, these events took place outside of time, before creation, and were foreshadowed and predicted throughout the entire Hebrew Bible. And although it's difficult to comprehend, it was God's will for Jesus to die for the sins of the world. But let's go back to the first century Jesus celebrating Passover. Uh, the Passover meal is a celebratory time. Uh, picture one of your family celebrations with joy and laughter and wonderful fellowship. And we can only assume that Jesus and his disciples in, enjoyed a complete meal together, likely with roasted lamb and other traditional foods eaten at Passover. And then after the meal, Matthew 26, 30 tells us that Jesus and his disciples, they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. A traditional Jewish Seder ends with the singing of a hymn, just like this verse demonstrates. After Jesus' last Passover meal, 
he would leave the upper room with his disciples and go to Gethsemane, a garden on the Mount of Olives, where he would pray and agonize over the death that he knew he was destined to face. The Bible says that while he was praying, he asked God to, quote, take this cup from me, end quote. Again, even Jesus' terminology here connects his death to the Passover cup that represented it. But as we know, Jesus' death was to occur. It was the appointed time, and Jesus was the Passover lamb. And so there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he would be arrested, and after being tried and unjustly condemned, he would be tortured and crucified by Roman soldiers. I think it's very important to note here that although the Bible tells us that the Jewish high priest Caiaphas and a mob he likely incited are said to have had a role in Jesus' death. And of course, they did have a role. But it was the Roman governor Pontius Pilate who held the authority, the political authority under Rome to crucify anyone. But what is most important for Christians to understand here is that it was God who had the ultimate authority over Jesus' death. And he had foreshadowed through Passover exactly when and why it had to happen. And it would take Jewish followers of Jesus who were familiar with the Feast of Passover and other Hebrew prophecies to actually interpret the events surrounding Jesus' death and clarify to the world why it was significant at all. According to the Bible, three days after Jesus' death, Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death itself. And this is the great victory that Christians celebrate every Easter Sunday. But the earliest followers of Jesus understood him to be the Passover lamb who was destined to shed his blood so that the angel of death would pass over. And so disconnecting Jesus' death from Passover, therefore not only disconnects him from a feast that he kept and that God commanded, but from a prophetic feast that pointed to Jesus and that helped his earliest followers understand why he had to die. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8, Paul highlights the significant connection between Jesus and Passover in this way. He says, Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread or the matzah of sincerity and truth. In this verse, Paul's not telling his followers to stop observing Passover and start observing Easter. Instead, he is reminding Christians of the significant link between Jesus' death and the Feast of Passover. It was during the Feast of Passover that Jesus had lifted the cup and instructed his followers to drink that Passover cup with a new understanding. They were to do it in remembrance of him. Now, not long after Jesus' death and resurrection, the Apostle Paul would look back and encourage his followers to do just that. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul reminds Christians of Jesus' last Passover meal, and he encourages followers to continue to drink the cup and eat the bread in remembrance of Jesus' death. And so it becomes clear 
that what we have in the church now come to know as communion is actually only two elements of a much more intricate feast given to the children of Israel as a feast of the Lord. And for hundreds of years, this feast of Passover was a celebration of God's deliverance from Egypt, but it also foreshadowed the death of Jesus. He is our Passover lamb. And as he shared this meal with his disciples that day, I wonder if they really caught the significance of all that he was saying. And I don't think they did at the moment, but it didn't take long before they did. Otherwise, the gospel story would never have taken off like it did. The story of Jesus, in fact, spread like wildfire in the first century, and many of Jesus' first followers believed it so wholeheartedly that they themselves were willing to die for it. So, now I want to ask again, should Passover be important to Christians? If Passover itself is a feast ordered by God, if Jesus' Last Supper really was a, a Passover meal, if it is a prophetic feast that points to Jesus, and if Christian communion really is a shortened Passover meal, then I would argue yes. In fact, I would even strongly suggest that Passover should be very important to us as Christians. Why did the Lamb of God have to die such a brutal death? Why did his blood have to be shed? These answers are hidden in Passover and in the many other Jewish scriptures that foretold of Jesus' coming and made everything he did make sense. Because of Passover, Jesus was at the right place, Jerusalem, at the right time, the feast of Passover. Why? Because he was the ultimate Passover lamb. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated death and provided eternal life. But it was Passover combined with many other Jewish prophecies that pointed to and confirmed the significance of what Jesus did. On the other hand, if a non-Jewish man had died on the pagan holiday of Easter, it wouldn't have meant much. What Jesus did was significant because of how it played out in history and because it fulfilled thousands of years worth of Jewish prophecies that illuminate how and why it had to happen. Yet, sadly, since Christianity parted ways with Judaism, the connection between Passover and Jesus' death and resurrection has been, well, buried. Easter was eventually seen as having replaced Passover. In fact, in medieval Europe, Christians would go so far as to create conspiracies against Jews as they were observing the biblical feast. Jews were blamed for the death of Jesus, and lies were spread about them killing children and using Christian blood to make matzah, to make their unleavened bread in their Passover rituals. Many of these conspiracies led to evil and unfathomable violence against Jewish people, especially during the Passover season. How is it possible that a, a feast that Jesus celebrated and fulfilled, a feast with great significance, Significance that was only deepened further by Jesus and his earliest followers. How is it possible that this would become a feast during which Christians would persecute and attack Jews who were keeping it? 
Now, this is one of the reasons why First Century Foundations is so passionate about helping Christians better understand and appreciate uh, the Jewish roots of our Christian faith. Passover is a feast commanded by God with incredible significance. And there is so much we can learn about Jesus simply by studying it. We owe so much to the Jewish people who have suffered so much through history simply because they have struggled to preserve the Bible and the traditions God commanded them to keep. And so this year, I'm not asking you to stop celebrating Easter and begin celebrating Passover, but I am asking you to remember. Remember not only Jesus' death and resurrection, but remember the foundations of our faith. Remember that Jesus was Jewish and that he celebrated Passover and so did his first followers. And remember that the events we celebrate every Easter are inextricably linked to God's appointed feast called Passover. Now, how does all this tie into COVID-19, you ask? Well, it's a good question. But the appointed feasts of God that are commanded in the Hebrew Bible demonstrate how God governs his world. They're like markers on God's prophetic clock that have many layers of meaning and significance. For example, Jesus had to die during Passover because that was how God's calendar predestined it to happen. And because God is eternal, God's appointed feasts continue to have significance even today. So let's look at the timing and the circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic in relation to God's prophetic clock. Do you realize that lockdowns for COVID began during the Passover season in 2020? Could this be significant according to God's prophetic clock? During that first Passover in Egypt, do you remember what happened? God sent one final plague. That's right, it was a plague so that Israel would leave Egypt and go to the promised land. And during this final plague, God sent in Egypt, the children of Israel were commanded to go into their homes with only those individuals who live with them until the plague passed over. In 2020, what happened during the lockdown? All around the world, people were forced to go into their homes. And last year when I was interviewing Avi Mizraki on this podcast on Keeping It Israel, I remember him saying that 2020 was the first Passover that Israel celebrated exactly like they did in Egypt with only their immediate household. Since that first Passover, it's become a celebration involving more than just one's immediate family. But, but last year, for the very first time, it was celebrated with only the immediate family. Now, I don't claim to be a prophet of God here, but I, I do want to say that the timing for COVID seems significant, according to God's clock. And there are similar instructions surrounding it that reflect the story of Passover, like this example of, of staying in lockdown. And so it makes me wonder, could COVID be a plague that God is using to cause yet another shift to occur among the nations of the earth? Maybe so that the Jewish people who are still living around the world or in Egypt, so to speak, 
so that they start thinking again about making Aliyah, about moving to Israel? I've heard Jewish theologians suggest this. It is interesting to note that one of the scriptures that the Jews read on the last day of Passover is Isaiah 10, 32 through 12, verse 6, which talks about how God is going to set up a banner for the nations and gather the outcasts of Israel and all of the Jewish people from the four corners of the earth and bring them home to Israel or to the promised land, if you will. And so it makes me wonder, what will the end of the pandemic bring? Will it somehow cause yet another exodus to the promised land? Well, one thing we can say for certain is this. The timing of the pandemic is very intriguing. And because Passover is God's feast, it is something significant. It was significant to Jesus and the first few generations of his followers. And it is significant for us today. For me personally, I see the timing as something that all followers of Yeshua, of Jesus, should be aware of. You know, on a, on a personal level, I kind of feel like the fact that all of us have had to observe some aspects of that first Passover, like going into our homes and locking things down and, and just being with our immediate family. Uh, you know, I feel that God is saying we need to focus on our own immediate families without distraction of other social interactions in order to, to purge out leaven and make ourselves ready for what God is about to do. There is a divine shaking going on among the nations right now. But God is in control. That's what we need to know. God has always been in control. He has always known that COVID would hit us in 2020. Our role is to enter our own households and ensure that they are in order. As Christians, we apply the blood of the Passover lamb to our doorposts, trusting that God will protect us. And although we may not fully grasp what is happening around us, we trust him and pray that ultimately his perfect plan will continue to unfold. And that when this plague has finally passed us, we will see his redemptive purposes before our very eyes. Well, those are my Passover ponderings today. I want to say thank you for tuning in to Keeping It Israel. I hope that through this podcast, I have at least highlighted some of the ways in which Passover is important for Christians. Uh, next week, we have a special guest from Israel, Danny the Digger, who's an archaeologist and a tour guide, and he'll be walking us through some of the most significant archaeological discoveries that relate to Jesus. It's going to be an incredible journey that makes the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus even more tangible. And I hope that you plan on joining us for this incredible journey of discovery called Tracking Jesus. Uh, First Century Foundations is a ministry that exists to support the land and the people of Israel and to educate Christians about the Jewish roots of our faith. We're a charity that relies on your generous donations. And so if you like this podcast, if you like Keeping It Israel, if you like our, our online content, our social media, please consider giving. You can visit firstcenturyfoundations.com to learn about the many humanitarian projects that we support in the land of Israel and to find out how you can be a part of the critical work that we do. Thank you for giving your generosity is making a huge difference in the land of Israel today and in many lives in Israel today. And please don't forget 
to hit the subscribe button on our First Century Foundation's YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook and our other social media so that you can stay connected to us. Also, if you're listening to this on a podcasting platform, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on that platform and leave us a review. All of these things help us and we are so appreciative of them. You know, the land and the people of Israel have a special place in God's heart and they have a critical role in history. And so I just want you to remember more than ever before, as Christians, we stand with Israel. Mm -hmm.